I'm Arie Schwartz, and welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we cover different topics important to the W, using X's and O's along with key stats to bring honest and critical analysis. It's my honor this episode to invite or to welcome a really special guest, James Wade, the newly hired head coach and GM of the Chicago Sky. James, welcome to the show, and let's hop right in. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. I'm ready. So I I sadly was not able to be in Chicago. I, I'm stuck in D.C. these days um, for your press conference. But I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about you were the assistant coach of the Minnesota Lynx, uh, you know, the historically one of the greatest teams in WNBA history. I want to talk to you or if you could tell us the story kind of of what the process of uh, being hired and interviewed for the Chicago job. As many fans know, there was only really two head coaching job openings, Dallas and Chicago. You know, was it kind of a tug of war be- between the teams or how, how, how did it roll lay out for you? Uh, well, the thing is, is after um, it, it was discovered, like after they came to a conclusion about uh, uh, Coach Stocks, um, I, I received a phone call uh, after the playoffs and um, it, it was um, ownership and, and, you know, just gauging, you know, me and just seeing, you know, would I be interested in interviewing for the job because they have a job opening and, uh, and, you know, of course I agreed. And, um, before I, before I, I left to, you know, leave, uh, I was able to go visit and, and have some discussions and, and it was a, a continuing process because they were interviewing other candidates. And, um, you know, it, I, I felt, I just felt like, um, the, the process went well, of course, because, you know, they, they, you know, gave gave me an opportunity um uh, but it was just an ongoing process and i always I, i've said this um to to my wife and to some other people that you know i've been coaching in the WNBA. i've been in the WNBA for for seven years almost seven years and um uh, that process lasted a while the last seven years uh felt like 40 days and the last 40 days felt like seven <laughs> years well, I do. I do want to do one follow up to that. Um, I know I've seen. I saw the interviews following the 2017 championship run by uh, your Minnesota Lynx, and I saw mm-hmm. Shelley had said that she didn't have a real interest in becoming a head coach. Has this been something that you've always wanted to do? Yeah, it was something that I always, I, I, I've always wanted to do. Uh, not, I, I wouldn't say always. You know, when, when we go because we, you, you go way back far. Uh, but I knew I wanted to be a head coach while I was playing basketball, uh, because, um, you know, I felt like you, you spend so much time in the game and I want to help people get better too, just like coaches were able to help me get better. Um, so I would say, um, when I got to the WNBA, my first year was about learning. And, and then once, you know, I really, I said, maybe I can, you know, be, have an imprint on this league and, after I'll say my second year or during my second year, I was like, I want to be a head coach. And Dan kind of saw that in me. And, and he said that he, you know, when he, when Dan talked, I listened, he's, he's like, uh, you know, whatever that saying is, when this person talks, everybody listens. That's how Dan is. That's how I am with Dan. Um, so, so, and he, you know, he, he saw that in me and he, he, we discussed it a lot. He's like, I, I think you have great potential. Um, and eventually you can become a head coach in this league. Um, you just have to keep on the path that you're on. And that that's, you know, that's what put the light bulb in my head. And um, from from that point on, I, I saw it as a mission, that something that I wanted to do. 
Well, and as you sit here, I mean, you see this opportunity come open with the Chicago sky. And for those of you who follow the league and the sky in particular, I think it's safe to say that there's a lot to be excited about. Um, and I know following just from the press conference and some different um, stories and, and quotes that have been put out since your hiring, that was something that was really appealing to you was this roster uh, within itself and some similarities that you even saw with that to Minnesota. Can you talk about just what was what what draws you to this roster? What excites you about it? And, and like maybe what, what changes do you want to kind of implement? No, the thing about it is um, I, I, I've talked about the five starters at, at Minnesota and how they compare to five players on our team. Uh, and, and you see the similarities. And, I, and we talked about the five starters pre-seal, you know, with Janelle McCarville, with, you know, with, with uh, Bronson and, and the players. It's, you know, we don't have a player that can duplicate what, what Seal does. But um, it's, it's very exciting, especially with the young athletes and the talent. And you saw the turnaround that Coach Collins had with with um with Atlanta and how they were able to get after it defensively and you look at some of their uh analytic stats and stuff like that and how how they were able to limit players and it was exciting and we have those type of athletes uh at certain positions and I, I think we can duplicate some of those things um now maybe the weak link is going to be me comparing to coach Collin but you know I, I'll, I'll I'll go to war with that I'll, I'll try to improve to that to that point but um no, I, I see a lot of similarities and a lot of potential defensively that we could do that they weren't able to accomplish uh, before. Um, so that's that's what we're going to try and do. Um, and 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 our bench too. I don't want to do any unjustness, but the bench, the bench players that 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 were on the roster last year and Copper and and Parker, um, they 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 excite me as well as much as the five players that I named earlier that I compared to Minnesota. You keep talking about defense. And for the Chicago right. Sky, that has been really um, an Achilles heel, if you will, these last couple of years. Um, wow. Lowest uh, def defensive efficiency rating given up about just over 90 points a game. That's the worst in the WNBA. Obviously, that is a huge um, glaring issue that has got to be addressed. And you're a defensive guy. This is something that you've hung your hat on. Um, defensive principles like coach how, how do you get this team to be able to lock down and defend they've got the athletes how do you plan on implementing that we just have to we have to you know a lot of a lot of work is done in practice and I know that and and they know it and uh in practice and repetition and learning you know learning uh defensive principles and and buying into those defensive principles and showing them how they work when they do work you know reinforcing it so it's going to be a lot of practice, a lot of reps, um, and a lot of teaching. Uh, so that's the thing. And, and then, you know, one thing that helps that is, is your ability to rebound out of the stops that you get. Uh, if you're a good defensive team and you can't rebound, then you're not really a good defensive team. So that's, that's one thing that I think, uh, in the last two or three years that is, that is, you know, that they've come up short, shorter than, you know, what successful teams do. And I think it's something that needs to be paid attention to as well. Just a quick one, just from watching the, the team, it, it, and maybe I'm completely off, which is entirely possible and not unusual. But um, like, I feel like yeah. the sky has struggled guarding that, um, that hybrid stretch four, if you will, that can really face up and play off the bounce. Um, Gabby Williams yeah. is, is a great defender, but, but the length and, and her size could be a little bit of an issue. Is that something that you feel like you've got to get better at be being able to guard the Brianna Stewart's of the world? Um, you know, even like you could even take it down to like the Candace Dupree's of the world. Is that something that this team kind of has a hole in defensively? 
so so like you hit it on the head as far as okay so you have well, you can go down the the list Brianna Stewart Elena Deladon Neca uh you know Azure Wilson Candace Parker you know uh like you can go down the list of those players Tina Charles I mean you can go on and on and on Tasha Howard um it's 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 something that you it's it's the position that probably in, influence winning and losing outside of guard play the most um but i i really don't think that you you can't really measure a, a person by their size as opposed to their heart their their mental aptitude um their willingness to be coached um I, i've seen undersized players accomplish a lot in this league i've seen players that don't fit the mold uh that you wouldn't see as athletic uh you know accomplish a lot in this league so of course uh guarding those players are going to be a point of emphasis but I don't know if not having a player like them on the roster is um, the issue. You know, uh, of course, I, I would like to have a player that probably you say quick off the ground, athletic uh, and pick and rolls that, you know, are very light on their feet. Uh, but, you know, we can't invent that player. But and and that has a six, eight wingspan. You can't invent that player. Right, you, you, can right. search, you, can, you can search for that player. But um I think if if we create a good enough defensive identity, we can cause trouble to those type of players. So I, I want to ask you something, and you kind of touched on this slightly, but excuse me, hearing the comments that uh, the owner of the team, Michael Alter, had made after the firing of, of Coach Stocks, I believe he said something to the effect of, I expect this team to be in the playoffs this year and next year competing for a championship. Keeping in mind this team is two years removed from a playoff win, and we also saw Elena Deladon leave two years ago, do you feel the pressure of a quick turnaround as a new young coach? Uh, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't say pressure because I, the pressure is put on myself because I, I, I want I want to be in the playoffs, and, and I know why I came. I came to be in the playoffs. So I, I, I don't think I feel pressure from any outside, like, motivations of much as my pressure of putting on myself that I want to win so bad. Uh, so, and I, and this isn't a rebuild. You look at this roster, it's not a rebuild. Uh, the mm -hmm, thing is that right. I don't, I don't, I, I don't lose sight in is that it's very hard to win in this league. And, and the players in this league are very, very, very good. So you have to have a good plan in place. That's, that's the main thing. You have to have a good plan in place and, and the one thing about it is the coaching in this league is very, very good. And I, I've known that because I've I've worked with a lot of the coaches that's in the league. You go from Sandy and, and Dan and 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 Vicky Johnson and all these players, Shell Patterson, uh, you know, uh Coach Reeve. Like the the coaches in these in these leagues are very good and um and I don't take I don't take that for granted. So like we got we're gonna have to bring it, like really bring it. I appreciate that. Now, looking forward, you do have a high draft pick. This is your yeah. first draft as a GM and a head coach. I want to kind of gauge your mindset when it comes to drafting. Are you in the camp of you pick the best available versus picking the best fit for the team? Or what's kind of your mindset going into the draft? So it's it's different. And like it's different. So you have you have your one through four, you have your six through ten, you have your second rounds, you know. And the thing about it is, um, and I, I I'm I'm explaining this the best way I can. 
we have a fourth uh, pick. And, you know, when you look at college players, you're, you're looking at maybe six in this draft. You know, you maybe say, who's the impact players? Who's the impact players? Who's the players that potentially could have impact, but they need maybe two or three years to develop? And who's that surprise person, you know, that uh, maybe they're underrated, you know, um, like an Ariel Atkins, where, you know, if if you look at her, you're not saying that this is a top four talent, but uh, off, off, you know, off your mind. I mean, maybe Tebow did, and that's why he's so good, you know, <laughs> but you're saying, okay, maybe <laughs> she's going to go. Yeah, you know what I mean? And, and you know, like maybe five or six, but he's, he does that. He's, he's done that before. He, he does that. We know he's a, he's a great, you know, judgment of the judger of talent and it, he's a great developer of talent. Um, but you know, like, so you, it's, it's different players that you put in different categories. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know if everybody had her in the top two, you know, kind of player or top three type of player. Uh, but you know, she proved that, you know, if you, choose her at two or three, maybe that's, that's where she belongs, you know, or, you know, you never know. Uh, even though I will argue that because I think I have two of the top three rookies last year, but Aria Atkins had, you know, shout out to Aria Atkins. She had a great year. Um, but, yeah. And, and um, but, the, but the thing about it is, is four, you want that to be an impact player. You want it to be an impact player. If if mm-hmm. if an uh, area of concern for me, let's I, I'm just throwing something out there. If an area of concern for me was I want one of those fours that you were talking about, and and um and but that player that fits that mold is probably a eight or nine pick. Um, then you have to you know debate ways of getting around that. I don't. I'm not saying that's that's what's happening because maybe that's not the case, but. I think in the top four, you have to take the best player available. That's to, to make a long story short. Right. It's not that, easy that was a good way to make a long story sure. short, right? That was a good way. That was a good way to do it. make it twenty five well, minutes. To 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 build off that though, you know this this fourth pick in this draft and being able to watch the players, um, those seniors or maybe in some cases potentially juniors who might come out early that you might be able to draft, how are you going to, um, how are you going to accomplish that while being in Russia and coaching for ECAT? Um, I, you know, and, and also talk about the benefits of being over there in EuroLeague and around the players that are currently in the WNBA constantly, and not to mention being able to coach one of your players. That's a lot to juggle, um, in terms of different duties and responsibilities. Well, I mean, the, the thing is, is that, um, it, it, <laughs> I get a free scout report, you know, like I, I know how to stop John Quayle. Right. <laughs> right, right. I know how to, I know how to stop BG. I just, you know, and, and, you know, no, I'm joking, but, uh, I'm kind of joking. Uh, <laughs> no, not really. But, yeah, but I don't know how to stop them, but, you know, uh, but, you know, the, the thing is, I, yeah, no, probably not, but hey, <laughs> I know what they like to do. I know what they like to do. I know what they like to do. Tendencies. Uh, but yeah, but, the thing is about it, um, honestly, I think I benefit because um, I know what these players go through in the off season. So it, I, I relate, you know, I relate to them, you know, I relate to them and they see we're, we're kind of going through the same thing. And um, a lot mm-hmm. of their life is outside of the WNBA. Uh, and a lot of who they are is, is outside of the WNBA as well. And, you know, it, for them to see me out there and going through the same grind that they go through, 
go through. It not only gives me credibility, but it gives me respect, I think, uh, from players that don't really know me or wouldn't know me otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I build on the relationship with players and knowing players. And uh, and we're all trying to grow this league together everywhere, you know, internationally and nationally. Uh, so um, I, I think it helps me out a lot. Um, you know, I, I would never – I have a good reputation not only with the players but with the coaches too. So – the coaches know that when I do coach their players, they're in good hands and they know that they can trust me with being uh, very professional with them, you know. Um, and so I, I take pride in that as well. Um, you know, my whole thing is I want the league to, to be better. Uh, so if, if, it, if, if, you know, if, if it's me uh, working out uh, some players that I coach overseas and, and you know, and, and doing my job, then that's 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 what I'm down for. Um mm-hmm. Other than that, I, I, it just gives it just gives me credibility and it, it puts my face out there, it puts my name out there, and people know what I stand for and know what kind of coach I am. And um, that's probably why I'm on the phone with you guys now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Absolutely, we are, we are so honored that you were you you carved out this much time for us. Um, we're really appreciative, uh, Coach Wade. Thank you so much, and best luck overseas with all your travel and uh, the draft and the upcoming WNBA season. Hopefully, we'll be speaking soon. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we will.